before Peter comes up to preach, I'm going to read <clears throat> from 1 Samuel chapter 7. 1 Samuel chapter 7. Thanks for this one, Peter. There's some lovely names in here. I'll do my best. <laughs> so the men of Kiriath Jerum came and took up the ark of the Lord. They brought it to Abinadab's house on the hill and consecrated Eleazar, his son, to guard the ark of the Lord. The ark remained at Kiriath Jerum a long time. 20 years in all. Then all the people of Israel turned back to the Lord. So Samuel said to all the Israelites, if you are returning to the Lord with all your hearts, then rid yourselves of the foreign gods and the Ashtoreths and commit yourself to the Lord and serve him only, and he will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. So the Israelites put away their Baals and their Ashtoreths and they served the Lord only. Then Samuel said, Assemble all Israel, all Israel at Mizpah, and I will intercede with the Lord for you. When they had assembled at Mizpah, they drew water and poured it out before the Lord. On that day they fasted, and there they confessed, We have sinned against the Lord. Now Samuel was serving as leader of Israel at Mizpah. When the Philistines heard that Israel had assembled at Mizpah, the rulers of the Philistines came up to attack them. When the Israelites heard of it, they were afraid because of the Philistines. They said to Samuel, Do not stop crying out to the Lord our God for us, that he may rescue us from the hands of the Philistines. And then Samuel took a suckling lamb and sacrificed it as a whole burnt offering to the Lord. He cried out to the Lord on Israel's behalf. And the Lord answered him. While Samuel was sacrificing the burnt offering, the Philistines drew near to engage Israel in battle. But that day, the Lord thundered with such loud thunder against the Philistines and threw them into such a panic that they were routed before the Israelites. The men of Israel rushed out of Mizpah and pursued the Philistines, slaughtering them along the way to a point below beth -car. And then Samuel took a stone and set it up between Mizpah and Shen. He named it Ebenezer, saying, Thus far the Lord has helped us. So the Philistines were subdued and they stopped invading Israel's territory. Throughout Samuel's lifetime, the hand of the Lord was against the Philistines. The towns of Ekron to Gath, that the Philistines had captured from Israel were restored to Israel, and Israel delivered the neighboring territory from the hands of the Philistines, and there was peace between the Israel and the Amorites. Samuel continued as Israel's leader all the days of his life. From year to year, he went on a circuit from Bethel to Gilgal to Mizpah, judging Israel in all those places. But he always went back to Ramah, where his home was. And there he also held court for Israel. And he built an altar there to the Lord. May God bless the reading uh, that we've heard today. And may God bless 
uh, Peter, as he brings the word now. May it be uh, your words that we hear from his mouth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good morning. Good morning, Peter. Good morning, Christopher. How are you, Bishop? <clears throat> well, we all know that this is Remembrance Sunday. And I have a two-verse text for you this morning. You may have thought, what a strange reading to bring on Remembrance Sunday. Well, God has a message for us of that, I have no doubt. And the two verses that I want to leave with you with God's house help this morning are verses 16 and 17. He went out from year to year on a circuit to Bethel, to Gilgal, to Mizpah, and he judged Israel all those in all those places. But he always returned to Ramah, for his home was there. And there he judged Israel, there he built an altar unto the Lord. Times are hard in which we live. There is so much sadness being stirred up of memories this morning. I saw the remembrance service last night in the Albert Hall, and I'm sure you did. And there was places mentioned that I hadn't actually heard of before. And you know, we know the First World War, we know the Second World War, but there have been many, many more wars in the past. But let us not forget this morning, wars are going on while we're here this morning. And there are those affected by those wars here this morning. Times are hard in which we're living. And so the children of Israel were exhorted to go to an old man. His name was Samuel. Now, someone said to my wife the other day, the other Sunday here, how old is your husband? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so my wife told the lady, sorry, I shouldn't have said how it was. Well, I haven't said how it was. I uh, said to the lady, um, well, he's so-and-so. And she looked absolutely horrified. Didn't he get us as old as that? <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I have a message from God this morning. And the message is from an old man. His name was Samuel. But I pray more than that this morning, like Samuel of old when he was a little boy, he might be brought to the place where you say, Speak, Lord, for your servant here. What have you got to say to me on this remembrance service this morning? Well, the people of Israel said, we need someone to rule over us. You see, Samuel was a prophet and a judge, but he was getting old, and the people were getting frustrated by this, and they said, look, you're old, in 8, verse 5, and they said, look, you've got two sons, they're not walking in your ways and in God's ways. <clears throat> Get us a new king. And you see, Though Samuel was a prophet and a judge, like all nations, the people did not want to be ruled by God. Look at verse 6 and 7 that 
and negative waiters. So they gathered together at Mizpah to draw water and pour it out before the Lord. They fasted there. They said, we've sinned against the Lord. And Samuel judged the children of Israel at Mizpah. They had got turned away from the living God. They had turned to the gods of Baal. And they were worshipping them and how grieved God must have been. And how grieved Samuel must have been. But we read in chapter 8, verse 22, these words. So the Lord said to Samuel, heed their voice and make a king. And Samuel said to the men of Israel, every man goes to his city. And so then Saul was chosen to be their king. They wanted a new king. They wanted a king to reign over them. In 1 Samuel 12, we read these words, 23 to 25. Moreover, as for me, so Samuel is speaking at the ordination of Saul. Of Saul. What a message it was. It was so powerful. And I just want to come into the last three verses. Moreover, as for me, far be it for me that I should sin against the Lord and in ceasing to pray for you. But I will teach you the good and the right way. Only fear the Lord. Serve him in truth with all your heart. For consider what great things he has done for you. What a message that Samuel brought to the new king. How he should lead God's people. But let's come back to our text this morning. Let's come back to the word of God. Let's come back to the example that Samuel brought before the children of Israel. He went out from year to year in circuit. Remembrance Sunday is year to year. There's so much that is applicable to us here this morning. First of all, he went to Bethel, then to Gilgal, and then to Mizpah, and then to Ramah. It was great advice that he said to the people. And so first of all this morning, he went to Bethel. Bethel is the house of God. In Psalm 122, verse 1, the psalmist says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. I wonder if you're glad to be here this morning. I trust you are. That's where he started. Will you come back with me to the book of Genesis, if you know the first book in the Bible? And we read the incredible story of Jacob's ladder in 28, verse 12. Jacob, he dreamed the dream, and behold, a ladder was set up on the earth, and its top reached to heaven, and the angels of God were ascending and descending. Let's go to verse 16. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place. and did not know it. And he was afraid and he said, How awesome is this place. How awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate into heaven. He went to Bethel, the house of God. That's where he started. It might be old-fashioned today to go to the house of God, but my friend, 
That's where he started. That it's a place where God is in the midst. We're guaranteed of the presence of God. Now we know that God is omnipresent. Praise God he is. When I can't sleep at night, I can just talk to him there. But God has commanded a special blessing in his house. It was lovely to hear someone praying in the vestry this morning. Thank God for the numbers of the increasing in our church again. We need to meet with the people of God in the house of God. That's where God has chosen to pour out his love for you. On this Remembrance Sunday, then you've all got memories. We've seen evidence this morning of tears. God loves you. God cares for you. God knows the sorrow and the loss that you feel this morning. He still is a God of all comfort and all grace. And God wants to pour out his love upon you and his care. Oh, let me tell you this morning, no one cares for you like Jesus. Whatever you're going through this morning, start in the house of God. Be assured that you will meet with the God of the house. And God will meet you with you. Do you remember the woman of Bethany? As she opened that alabaster box, the place was filled with the odour. Not only do we as adults, whatever age we are, need to go to the house of God, to the children. Isn't lovely that one of the reasons we joined this church was we realised we could bring our grandchildren and they would hear the voice and the word of God. Proverbs 22 verse 6, train up a child in the way that he should go or she should go. When she's old, she will not return. You see, listen to this this morning. You don't need to go to church to be a Christian. But Christians need to go to church. It is so important. We meet together with our Father. Show him how much we love him. In Hebrews 10, verse 25, we read those words, not forsaken the assembly of ourselves together. He started at Bethel. It was a house of God. How awesome is this place? Someone phoned me this week and they said uh, the worship of last Sunday morning was so awesome. So awesome. Sense God's presence in awe and wonder of God and his greatness and his beauty. We sung this morning, holy, holy is the Lord. started at Bethel. I better warn you, I'll be longer on the first one than the other, so don't panic. <laughs> How awesome. God's presence as we worship him. I was preaching at Christ last Sunday, last Sunday night. I was at a church just outside Braintree. And the lady as a second the lady is the church secretary. I've known her dad for many years. He used to come with his little dog every morning around the farm and we'd meet and he used to love to meet near the haystack and he'd sit on a bale and he'd just say, pray with me, brother. Pray with me. And many a time it became so awesome as we sense God's presence. But it's in God's house there's a special sense of God's presence. And when I heard that lady pray last Sunday night, I, I just broke in, in tears. 
because she just thanked God for Jesus. She was all wrapped up with Jesus. She just worshipped Jesus with all her heart, soul and mind. One of the big problems COVID has had on the church of Jesus Christ is isolation. I still find many in the, I still visit some members of my old church and they won't still go out. They're frightened. I promised to pick them up last Sunday night. They phoned me just before I left home. They said, we don't go out because the bangers are going off and the fireworks. And they were in fear. God has not made us to be in isolation. God has made us to love one another and to care for one another, to be with one another. I remember when COVID was over, my oldest daughter that we haven't been able to see, we could be with the family next door because we were there. As soon as she saw me, she said, Dad, give me a hug. And she just cried. Oh, I wonder this morning if Life is hard for you. The way is so hard. But come to Bethel. Come and meet with God. And God will put his arms around you. And I'll tell you, you can do his hug in public. That's perfectly all right. My daughter, um, I'm not advertising here, but every three months she does a special dinner in the barn. And she has a chefs from London, top chefs. And we had a might do last Thursday night and the lady saw me and she just sprung up and she came to me and I stood up and she just hugged me so much that my ribs hurt <laughs> and I could feel the tears coming down her cheeks so I put my arms around her and she said you don't know do you I said I don't know what I've just lost my husband I had to come tonight because I knew you'd be there and you invite me of Jesus. Go to Bethel. Go to meet with God. The God of all comfort and all grace. He's always here. Always. Oh, if you seek with all your heart, you surely find. Do you know my God? Do you know my Saviour this morning? Samuel said, go to Bethel. That's where he started. Excuse me, I've got a hanky somewhere quick. Secondly, he went to Mizpah. Sorry, he didn't ask thirdly. <laughs> he went to Gilgal. Uh, Gilgal is an incredible place. It's a place of deliverance. It's a place <clears throat> of victory. It's a place of power. Come with me back. Um, to, and it was lovely because Nick mentioned Joshua this morning and come back to me with, to, to uh, Joshua and chapter 4 it's the children of Israel uh, crossing the Jordan take for yourself 12 men from the people one man from every tribe and command them saying take for yourself 12 stones from here out of the midst of Jordan from the place where the priest's feet stood firm. You shall carry them over, and you shall leave them in the lodging place where they will lodge tonight. Then Joshua called the twelve men 
and appointed them a child of every a man of every tribe. And Joshua said to them, Cross over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of Jordan, each one of you. And so it continued, and so the verse 7, verse 6, that this may be a sign among you, that when the children of Israel ask in time to come, saying, What do these stones mean to you? Then ye shall answer them, that the waters of Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord, when the crossing over to Jordan. The waters of Jordan were cut off, and those stones shall be a memorial to the children of Israel. Those twelve stones. Gilgal was a place of delivery. It was a place of victory. Battles were run from Gilgal, time and time again for the children of Israel, from Jericho to Ai, even before they came to the land of Cana, they had to go back to Gilgal because there the battles were won and they were reminded of the mighty deliverance that God had brought. I wonder this morning, have you got a Gilgal? Can you go back to a place of deliverance over sin where God met you and you met God and you realised you were a sinner and you put your faith and trust in him and your sins were gone. Have you got a girl, girl of salvation this morning? Well, your sins were gone. And you were forgiven them when you met God. And he became your own personal saviour. A place of deliverance. How do I know there's a God? Because I have a Gilgal. If ever Christians need their Gilgals, it's today. The devil is so active, he's working outside the church, he sadly works inside the church as well. And so we need to go back to our Gilgals, go back to the time when God spoke to us. <coughs> the only way we will win the battle is to go back. And God called me to the ministry full-time. I had to leave 22 men, I had to sack 22 men of a contract business, I had to sell the farm, and then go into full-time ministry. A new wife with two little children. And I put up incredible arguments to God why I should not go, why he was making a mistake. I couldn't do this, I couldn't do that, I couldn't do the other. And I'll tell you what, they were brilliant arguments. Honestly brilliant. <laughs> it went on for a week. And on the Monday morning, I opened my Bible. And God said, I called you as you are. As you are. I then turned to my daily readings and it was Charles Haddon Spurgeon. And he says, whom the Lord calls, he will equip. And let me tell you, like for Samuel, there were so many battles in serving God. And so there was all the way through. Go, go and ask Moses how difficult it was to lead the children of Israel. He said, they're a stiff-necked people. He said, they're a pain in the aim. In common language. <laughs> God had chosen them. 
the cold yet. Go back to your Gilgals. Go back when times get hard. Don't be frightened to rely on God that he called you. He required of you to go here or to serve him there or to do this for him or that for him. I've written down here my dad. My dad was dying. It was the last time I read the Bible to my dad. And I read John 3, verse 16. The devil was on my dad's back that afternoon more than he'd been for many, many years. My dad was 84. I read, whosoever believeth on the Lord Jesus Christ shall be saved. And my dad squeezed my hand and he said, that's me. I'm saved. We had our Gilgals, the place where God spoke to us. And I went on to read that whosoever believeth, and the tears were streaming out down his cheeks, and he said, I believe it's me. I wondered, have you believed? Do you know Christ is yourself? Have you got a girl girl? Can you go back to the place when your eyes were first opened to your need of a saviour? And he cried out, Lord, save me. We all need our girl girls, a place of, of deliverance. The place of victory. But thirdly, so they started at Bethel, the house of God. How lovely to see you here this morning. That's the place to start your week with God. In his house with the people of God. With the God of the house. But then go to Gilgal. Go to the place where you will prove God's deliverance and battles are won. Thirdly, they went to Mispa, a place of watching. How can I serve God? How can I survive in this world so I do not enter into temptation? Watch and pray. Look at verse 5. And Samuel said, gather all the Israelites to Mispa, and I will pray to the Lord for you. Mispa is a place of prayer. It's a place of watching. It's a place of waiting at the very foot of God. Let me take you to Genesis. I love this in Genesis 31, 44. It can't be 44. Hold on. Genesis chapter 21. 31. What have I got wrong? Helps you get the right chapter, doesn't it? Right. <laughs> Verse 44. Oh. Now therefore come, let us make a covenant, you and I, and let it be written between you and me. So Jacob took a stone and he set it up on the pillar. And Jacob said to his brethren, gather stones. And they took stones and they made a heap. And they put them on the heap. Hold on, what? Give me that. I've gone wrong here somewhere. Don't get old. 
get the right page so much. Right. Genesis 31, 44. I've done something wrong here, though I've done wrong. No, just keep reading on. Sorry? Keep reading on? Yeah. You're a good man. You don't get here. It turns into Mizpah. So they went to Mizpah because they said, May the Lord watch between you and me when we're absent from one another. Still not quite right, but I don't know what I've done wrong there. Anyway, Mispa, a place of watching, a place of waiting upon God. I wonder this morning, this became a place where Jacob saw God. I wonder how we got that special place where God pours out his special blessing upon him. I remember visiting in my church that I served the Lord for eight years before I went into full-time ministry. There was a deacon called Sam. Sam was such a godly, godly man. <coughs> and Sam was struck down with cancer. Cancer of the throat. And I used to had just a little widow, a little wife who was soon to be a widow, and she was a godly lady, a woman of great prayer. And I used to go and sit at night with Sam. And I used to cry as Sam prayed. He just lived so close to God, as he knew God in such a special way. God was just so precious to him. Mystery is a place of watching, a place where we see God, a place where we know the reality of the living God. But I must pass on. A place of Bethel. The house of God. The place where we meet with God and God meets with us. Gilgal. The crossing of Jordan, the victory that we can have through the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a place of deliverance. How many battles were won from Gilgal within the life of the children of Israel? It was immense. We need to go back to that place of deliverance over sin where God met us. We knew we were sinners and we needed a saviour. When the devil comes to us, how important that is to go back and remind him that God saved me there and that God has kept me and God will not let me go. Miss for a place of watching. How can I survive so I do not enter into temptation? Watch and pray. It's a place where I'm alone with God that I can be still and I can know he's God. But lastly, they went to Ramah and there they built an altar unto the Lord. It was home for where's my water? It was home for this man of God. And there he built an altar unto the Lord. There he could pray for his family and his country. There he proved part in prayer. 
it's a place where we can watch and pray. In 1 Kings 18, verse 30, we read that the altar of the Lord was broken down. And Elijah called upon the Lord, and the Lord heard him. A place of remembrance, a place where we meet God, a place where we have the victory over sin and over temptation. In Psalm 7 verse 17 we read these words and I will praise you Lord according to his righteousness I will sing praises to the name of the Lord most high. What a great God we have. He went over the circuit year by year. He started at Bethel place where he met God, a place where God met him. Then he went to Gilgal, a place where he got the victory and reminded of the crossing of the children of Israel over Jordan, a place where God delivered them, a place where battles were won. Sometimes, my friend, we have to go back and be reminded where God saved us and God has kept us and God has brought us and led us all this time. Misfit, a place of watching, watch and pray so you do not enter into temptation. A, a place where you're alone with God and God pours out his blessing to you. A place in trouble. I remember the night when Sam died. I haven't told you that story at my church for eight years where I... I was going to say practiced evangelism. I was taught evangelism by a great, great servant of God. And I used to organize um, missions, outreach services. We saw many souls saved to God's name and glory. But there was a man called Sam. He was a deacon at church. I love Sam. He was a lorry driver. He was down to earth. You want to hear him pray, he would cry. He was just in touch with his father, his saviour. Sam was struck down with a terminal illness. And I was with Sam on Boxing Day afternoon, just before he went home to be with God. And Sam just lifted up his arms and he said, I can see God has waited for me. They all told his wife that his end could be the worst ever. He had cancer of the throat. And I prayed my socks off for that situation. And God came down just an incredible way and just took him because he saw God. It's a place of watching, a place of victory, a place where we shall <coughs> see God. Rama, he built an altar unto God. He, he praised God for all that God had done for him. 
Do you remember Elijah, the altar had been broken down, so he made an altar of praise and glory to God. I wonder, have you got around a place where you can just go and get the victory of the temptation, the victory of the sin, and of the power of evil? I close with this quote. Give me that old time religion, because it's good enough for me. God bless you.